Hello and welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I'm a certified career coach and an HR consultant who created this space because I myself have difficulty setting boundaries and I met so many other professionals that have difficulty setting boundaries. So I decided to bring resources onto the show so that they can teach us together how to set boundaries and I have a hard time doing it. Before we dive into today's topic, we're going to define some words that we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes a limit. An example of that would be when you feel an emotion arising in any situation, you set a boundary with yourself saying, I'm going to process this emotion and define internally where it's coming from so that I can better suit the needs of the situation. Gaslighting, to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For example, if you go to your manager and say, hey, so-and-so is being really offensive in the break room. Could you please go talk to so-and-so? And And they say, so-and-so doesn't act like that. Um, I've never heard so-and-so talk like that. So are you sure that's what you heard? Probably not. That's gaslighting. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. For instance, um, my special guest today shared with me that there are several leaders out there that have blind spots that cause them to be dismissive to their subordinates and people that work on teams with them. I know, that is a really good example and I'm really excited about today's episode, which is entitled Emotional Intelligence and Boundaries. Ooh, yes, tingles, because we're gonna get into it. My special guest today is Elijah Say. Elijah is a certified professional coach who specializes in millennial leadership coaching. Wow, specific, right? He he focuses on emotional intelligence to help millennials power up to level up for the next stage of their career. Throughout his experience, experience in industries of executive leadership development and human resources, he learned the best leaders are the most aware leaders. Ooh, see, that's one thing. Elijah's core mission is to help cultivate growth in self and social awareness of the next generation of leadership to build a more engaged, fulfilled workplace. Oh my gosh, Elijah, thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. It really sounds like you know your stuff. I'm not going to lie. So please, let's dive into it. Um, First off, why is emotional intelligence important in any position? Yeah, you know, um, emotional intelligence is important regardless of work, life, in between, because everything exists out of our emotions. We, you know, our hormones, you know, fire and we experience all these feelings inside of us. And we react a lot of times to, to situations, whether excitedly or, or sad or whatever have you, our emotions are literally every part of our life. And so to have emotional intelligence is to say, I have a good idea of where this emotion comes from. I know why it's here and I'm going to use it to benefit me. I'm going to use it to benefit somebody else. And knowing that our emotions are actually the first thing that happens to us, right? We receive the stimulus, whatever that may be. Then then we react emotionally before we actually think of the words to say. So if we can understand what that is, if we can cut it off right right where it needs to be, um, we can respond in every single situation the way we want. And that to me is everything. Gosh, um, how? Okay. I, and I, I'm a person who believes emotional intelligence is important, but even in your statement, I'm like, holy shit, am I intelligent enough to have this conversation? You know what I mean? Like, there is so much more to emotions than we take hold of every single day. And they, we use them every single day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can't help it. Yeah. We cannot human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And you notice we actually have we actually have troubles sometimes saying what we feel. Mm. So that's how you know how important emotions are because there's certain emotions we have that we cannot actually express. Right. We have to, all we, all we can do is learn about them and know where to filter them properly. Right. And where, so let's talk about the lack of emotional intelligence because yeah. where does that intelligence come from? Where are we seeing it happening in career development? So specifically emotional intelligence? 
Ooh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> right. That's that's the that's the million dollar question because many times it's not typically um, given in development as far as this is what you need. Mm. Uh, and oftentimes it's covered up with other things. You know, that's the that's the the issue. I think a lot of times is we don't want to use the term emotion and work. So we'll cover it with you need grit. And grit is, I mean, that's just still an emotion. Like it's still being emotionally intelligent, but we have to say, you know, it's gotta be tough and rah, rah, right? Like rough, ashy elbows. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why that is the way we have to view it. But emotional intelligence, once it's become something to where people are comfortable saying, this is a skill I can develop. This is something I need to develop. And in fact, the number one characteristic of a good leader is their ability to be emotionally intelligent then we can start to have real conversations and dialogue about developing that. But that's why I don't think it's very much spoken about explicitly. It just has this connotation as if it's, it's a little too frou-frou or, or too feminine or whatever that may be. It's, it's weird how that's the, the current dialogue. Right. Oh, and I love that you correlated that emotional intelligence and good leaders, because I think often we as subordinates or employees, we say, man, that guy's a really good leader. But where, uh, what we really are saying is, wow, that guy's really emotionally intelligent, who's able to resonate with me and my story and just lead me in a path that was good for me because of mm -hmm. his emotional intelligence. Yeah. Wow. 100%. Or he, she, sorry, excuse me. See? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you used the word grit. Um, it reminded me of, I had a leader in the military and they said, oh, you have such gumption. And what they really meant was like, you're passionate, you're, um, you are excited about things, you like want to dive in. I was like, and so when you said great, I was like, damn, we really do not have the words like in workplaces. <laughs> we just use the same. Right. Yeah. We should just say what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. You are so um, excitable. You are so emotional. Like, yeah. And again, even if someone was to say you are so emotional, it's seen as negative. Like, no, nah, I have Every emotions time. there it's okay I use yeah it. right <laughs> oh that's that's my biggest frustration honestly is when someone like you're emotional and if that's the word then you don't really know what you want to say but you're categorizing someone's current emotion and saying you're all of them and that's that's just not fair for one and very inaccurate for two so it's that's not okay to me when someone says someone's emotional. I'm like, what does that mean? That's, there's a billion emotions. Like that could be a good thing. So, <laughs> And for anybody out there listening um, to this later on or now, um, I, I want you to take that indicator from Elijah. If somebody says, hey, you're being really emotional right now, please let them know like, okay, what does that mean? Which emotion? Pick one. There's like mm -hmm. thousands of them. We can go Google it together. Which emotion are we doing right now? <laughs> That I is, love that. That's a huge red flag um, that that person does not is not as intelligent um, as they're trying to project themselves to be as, while calling you emotional. Yep. Wow. Okay. But let's get to the topic of today: emotional intelligence and boundaries. How do those two help each other, or kind of coincide in professional at work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the way I see them working together is that. When you have, you know, a heightened sense of your emotional intelligence and you really have practiced it and, and developed it, you're able to then establish exactly what you need from people, right? Because once I have st stood, understood and, and said, hey, this is what I'm feeling whenever you say this, or this is what I experience whenever we have this meeting, I can explicitly state that to you to say, my boundary is this. I, you know, I experience this whenever I'm here. So I would like you to not do said thing. If we're emotionally intelligent, we can, we know exactly what it is, but if we're not, I think it's a little bit more challenging because all we can really say is I don't like, I don't like you, or I don't like it here. And we can't fully get into the real boundary we really want to set because they might be a good person, but they do that one thing. But now you don't have words for it though. And so maybe they're painted with the broad brush of, oh, they're a terrible human and I don't care. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> when a boundary could be set easily rather than a whole write-off, right. Which is a little different. So I think, I think it helps to have that knowledge and understanding of where we are emotionally. And then that helps us to say, don't cross that line now, now that we know what it is. Don't cross that. 
And I think with that, it is so important to have leaders who are emotionally intelligent because say that employee comes to you and they don't have the words. They just, this person is awful. And it would be so helpful if that leader was able to say, okay, let's talk about how you feel right now or what their actions did to make you feel that. Instead, we're usually, we're either gaslighting or dismissing or um, saying like, okay, if you don't have the words, get out of my office. Like, um, <laughs> like if you can't tell me what you need, then I can't help you. I've heard that so many mm. times in my career. Like, okay, well, we can't move forward in this process because you don't know what's going, or you can't explain what's going on. Well, sis, mm. help me out. Or sis, bro, you're in a leadership position. Why are you not helping yeah. me through this? Wow. So 100%. important. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I cannot get over how, how much emotional intelligence. And once again, in this space, we are trying to give anyone who's listening the words that they need to get through these situations. And Mm. so for a lot of us, this is the first time we've talked about boundaries. This is the first time we've heard about emotional intelligence. And I mean, I'm happy for you. This is a resource for you, but, um, the actions are on you. Speaking of actions, Elijah, have you ever had to set boundaries at work before? Um, yes, yes, I've had to set boundaries. Uh, I would say primarily the boundaries I've had to set were around, I guess like maybe a couple of things. One was kind of around work expectations. So, uh, it's funny if I think about it a, a lot of times before the boundary is set, I have an assumption that the person is trying to do me harm before I set the boundary. I'm, I'm assuming they're doing it on purpose, but once I have set the boundary, I now feel way more comfortable because now they, they know, and I know the situation. So for example, uh, I was with a colleague and we were discussing, um, our calendars and like when we could do something or, or whatever have you. And I essentially was saying, I can't do it at that time. Or, you know, I don't think I have enough time to do it, whatever. Right. That was, that's all I felt like I needed to say. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do it all at the time to do it. You know, they're, they're not a, they weren't my boss. We were peers working on it, something. Um, but then, you know, they, they, you know, brought up my calendar, like, cause we could see each other's calendar. And I was like, Oh, so you don't have time here to do it. Right. And, and in my brain, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know why this matters. I had already said <laughs> that I, I can't or that's not possible. Um, but it bothered me. And the reason it bothered me because I was afraid to establish a boundary there. Right. Um, and so and so after I had sat on it for a little bit and kind of like stewed in it, I said, no, Elijah, I think you should go talk to this individual and establish a boundary because you, for one, you don't want it to happen again. You don't want it to think it's okay. And for two, they may not know that they, they got you like that. Like, you know, they're living in your head rent free at this point. They might be over there chilling. Mm-hmm. So, so I did confront them about it and they were like, oh, wow, I, that was not my intention. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize I had done that. And what that did was it increased trust between us mm-hmm. after that. So, so, you know, it was, it was really about the ability to say, okay, I felt, I felt the emotion of kind of like either guilt or or shame or something, but instead of kind of sitting on it and just letting it go, I had to say like, let me address it because I'm bothered. And once I did, I was able to actually shuck that emotion and we were able to establish trust. So we were able to go from negative all the way to positive instead of back to neutral, which, you know, I think is a, is a gain, right? Like that was, that was really helpful. So that's a quick example. No, that's an amazing example. As soon as um, you described what your coworker said in my brain, I was like, Oh, do you want to fight? Is that like, are we trying to fight now? And you see, that's emotional intelligence. I would have went back to my desk and like, okay, so this person wants to fight and that's okay. But I would have taken time and like, they don't actually want to fight. It's just, I didn't have that time blocked off on my calendar. They couldn't have seen it. And I would have went back to them and said, hey man, I have now blocked at the time on my calendar. Not that you need to know. But next time, um, if I say something, please believe me, this is the truth. And yeah. 
And I know there are so many people out there, myself included, who are probably freaking out right now and be like, okay, but what if they do want to fight? What if they do want to do all the things? <laughs> okay, sis, bro, fam, then you know. Then you know. Then you, then know, you know that person cannot handle your boundaries. Then you know mm. that person is not on the emotional level as you, was, is not able to regulate. They are ready to fight. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that that relationship has to take a either sharp turn or has to change in some way. Yeah, 100%. Right. Oh, my gosh. Mm. But yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, do you want to fight? Like, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's why all this stuff is combined because um, when we set healthy boundaries for ourselves, and Elijah t- touched on this, which is why I'm trying to segue into it, is when we set those healthy boundaries for ourselves, we start imposing them on other people. Like for myself, I now emotionally regulate. When I feel that, do you want to fight in me? I say, mm. okay, why do we feel like we want to fight? Um, right. Elijah, I know you shared with me a little bit about your um, growth in emotional regulation and like being able to set boundaries with yourself. Has that helped in your ability to set boundaries with other people? 100%, 100%. My ability to be able to have a conversation with myself to say, hey, are you crossing a boundary you had set for yourself? Allows me to get more and more comfortable with the boundary itself because I don't believe there's necessarily a different boundary that I have for me than someone that I have for somebody else mm-hmm. because regardless I don't want to enter you know a, a space I don't want to enter whether that be self-imposed or someone else imposed it I don't want to be there mentally so if I can get more comfortable with the boundary that I set and practice it and, and stating hey you know if if I, if I come across a, a frustrating situation, I don't have to react right away. I can take a breath or I need to step outside or do whatever it is or realize it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. If I can get more comfortable doing that for myself, then that allows me to say, okay, when someone else is experiencing that quick reaction, I don't have to react back to them either because I know that I would have reacted if I was them, <laughs> right? And, and I can see myself in them reacting very quickly to something. And I'm in my, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of, um, trying to think of the word, it's a lot of wonderful power to know when you can see, when you can see your, the work that you've been practicing in front of you and somebody else, and you can say, wow, I would have done that. Mm-hmm. And you can have so much more empathy because you know, oh, I would have reacted that way too, but I'm sitting calm and, and I'm just accepting it and you take it in and you know that you don't have to react to the reaction because you know that was you. <laughs> and so you know when you practiced it and, and you've seen it. And so the more comfortable I can get with it for myself, I can see it in others. And I think, you know, that that benefits everyone involved. Right. Um, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us because I myself am definitely still on this journey. Um, trying oh, yeah, same. <laughs> so hard away from do you want to fight to, um, wow, I don't have to fight this person and not every um, interaction that doesn't go my way is an mm. act for an act of aggression against me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and for everyone listening out there, this boundary work is hard. It's really freaking mm. hard. You have to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff. You have to put barriers in place for our people and yourself. Um, and it's going to take time, but just like Elijah said, you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see it in yourself every single day every time you set a new boundary so mm. uh, there's that <laughs> there's that <laughs> you'll see it soon um, <laughs> um, so it sounds like you don't have difficulty setting boundaries have you oh ever had oh no i do oh yeah oh, dang. No, oh no no i don't want you, i don't want to set you up for failure no i definitely do um i i wish i wish that was an every time occurrence uh, I hope, hopefully it doesn't sound like that. Hopefully no one turned off, you know, the thing right before I said, oh, right. no, I'm actually terrible at this. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I definitely struggle because I still have this need to be liked mm-hmm. and I still, and when you have that, it's, it's hard to establish boundaries because you're always concerned with what someone else thinks. So, you know, regardless, I'm typically conflict avoidant and I want to be liked and that, that recipe isn't easy for a boundary setting because you're, you're overly concerned with how they're going to take the boundary you might set or if, 
or you begin to gaslight yourself and say, do I really need to establish a boundary? <laughs> right? Because it might not, because you, you know, it's easy for me to say, wow, maybe I overthought that. Maybe I'm overthinking this. And, you know, I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt if it's someone I don't know. And if it's someone I do know and care about, then I might just try to, you know, not think more about it and hopefully it goes away, but I'm still trying to avoid the conflict. So yeah, no, it's hard. <laughs> and I, um, so I recently learned in therapy that um, if you start to gaslight yourself, just know that your emotions are true. The reason mm. your emotions are happening because you feel something and it's a trigger for your body telling you like, hey, something is going on. So mm. your ability to describe the something that's going on is so very important because that way you won't guess let yourself like, hey, I am um, super anxious right now because that was really offensive what Bob's, Bob said. And it, re it reminded me of the, I mean, you don't have to go all the way to, it reminded me of my childhood. And don't <laughs> do that at work, but just know that, hey, I am really anxious and upset right now because of what Bob said. And I mm. should probably talk to Bob later about it. Yep. Um, yeah, so very important. Man, I'm, congrats on your journey though. Emotional intelligence, you got that in the bag. So um, has that been kind of a method or a segue for you into setting boundaries stronger in your life? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I feel like I've always been interested in the topic. I just didn't have the name for it. Mm. I, I didn't really know it existed in the way that it existed, right? And so I, I feel that I feel that it's helped because now that I have terminology and, and there's, you know, a method is studied, is research, all of this, right? I can now say, Elijah, I, I have a good sense of what's happening here <laughs> and I can be really objective. And once I can get objective about my situation, it's a lot easier to establish a boundary, right? Because you're not um, charged. You're not emotionally charged. You're just emotionally present, but you're not charged. And as long as I'm not charged, then I can look at the situation and say, oh, maybe there should be a boundary set here because I don't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. and I can I can treat it like a, like a task that needs to be done rather than a we're about to go brawl outside, <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's a little easier in that way. But so, yeah, it has helped at least in recognizing um, why I might respond the way that I do or why I might feel a certain way when someone says something to me. It's helped give, you know, um, you know, um, direction and information around that. And, and that's, that's wonderful for me. So. And a lot of people, um, I think the beauty of this show and the beauty of the topics that I kind of cover on this show is it's a lot of, just like you said, terminology that people don't have at hand. Um, we know that we know that at some point you have to like cut people off. Like that's like, they're, we know they're toxic people in the world. We know that, right. um, yeah, there's haters out there and stuff, but the terminology um, associated with it helps in kind of recognizing your part in the haters and the toxic work environment and all that. And it kind of holds you accountable for your actions in it. Mm. Right. Cause yep. um, if you just say like, Oh, there's haters out there, this place is toxic. Um, that person is trash. Like what? Okay. Got it. What are you going to do about that? Right. <laughs> And have yeah. you done anything about it? Mm. Yeah, so yep. super important. Yeah, I love it, I love it. Um, so you set boundaries at work before with co-workers. Co have you ever set boundaries with a manager before? Yeah, that's that's a little tougher to do, right? Um, because now, now you're dealing with the thought of like, oh, they might have control over my money, right? So it's, <laughs> it's a little different. Uh, I have, I have, yes, before, you know, I, I did, you know, experience a, a bit of, I, I can't say a bit of, I mean, a microaggression is a microaggression, right? There's no like small or big one, right? It just is, but it did happen. Right. And, and, you know, me, the conflict avoidant individual, you know, said, ah, it's, ah, that didn't, they didn't mean that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, so so it, it has happened at work, but I'm sure a lot of other people that look like us and that's happened, whether that be a manager, boss, co whatever that might be, right? That's probably happened a lot. But this particular instance, it was one where 
I actually addressed it. And I feel like normally I don't, but you know, I had to call my wife though. Uh, she's, she's the direct one of the relationship and she's a lot easier to deal with conflict than I. So I had to call her and get tips. And so we, she, <laughs> I leaned on her experience and expertise and, and how to address certain things and, and to do it calmly. And, and I addressed it and it was a very similar to like the example I used before. It was, it was a recognition that, oh, I didn't realize that that was the thing. And, you know, as, as a lot of microaggressions are, you don't really know that is happening. It's just kind of conversation or dialogue, or maybe you would have said the same thing to someone else that, um, that, you know, you can't say to a person of color and you don't, you're not thinking about the switch, but Hey, it happened. Right. And so I'm trying not to then assume negative intent. So you have the conversation because otherwise you just write them off. Right. And you say, well, screw this. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But if you're establishing a boundary with someone, you're you're hoping to assume positive intent of the individual mm -hmm. and to say, you know what, I, I don't I don't want you out. I just want you to understand. Mm -hmm. And and so <laughs> so in in that kind of that kind of mindset, that's how I went into the conversation. And there was an understanding, which was great. I, I achieved the goal of of setting the boundary and then it hasn't really been crossed you know, since then. Right. And so it's, it's wonderful and scary at the same time to, to approach it, but it's something to where if you have a manager that is for you, they're going to be happy. You did it. Mm. They're going to, they're going to want you to do it. And they're not going to want you to, to feel any other way other than excited to be there and, and excited to work under them. But if you have a manager that isn't for you, then regardless, like you said before, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that would be the thing to give you enough of the room to say, I shouldn't be here anymore mm -hmm. because you're, you know, our lives are worth more than, than that. Right. And so, so there's no reason to stick around if they're, if they're not going to, you know, engage in a conversation when right. it comes to that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's nice when you, when you do have the conversation and it works out, but I recognize that it always, it doesn't always. Right. And yeah, so it's tough. Um, and I applaud you for doing it anyway. It sounds really tough. Um, what I wanted to repeat from your statement is, I don't want you out. I just want you to understand. Oh my gosh, that makes my heart hurt, but so happy at the same time. It's, mm. It reminds me of like, um, not really begging, not, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, excuse my lack of uh, vocabulary, but it reminds me of like, hey, I really want this relationship to blossom. And this is just me having a conversation with you in order to keep you in my life. Um, yeah. And I don't know why that makes, it makes me so like, oh, but I think it's just because that's what boundaries are. I want you in my life so bad that I'm telling you what I need for you to be in my life. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, I love it. Yeah. That man, that hit me. But um, if you don't mind, could you share that um, microaggression that was shared from your manager? Sure, sure. So, uh, so when it happened, you know, I was just working and uh, the, my, uh, my manager at the time came in and mentioned something about my hair and was like, uh, hey, you know, you can know I can almost put you in front of clients and I had just recently got a haircut it is it, it wasn't even that low it's probably like the length it is now but when I had my hair before it was it was bigger than this but um yeah he, he had mentioned it's like I can put you in front of clients now in my brain I'm thinking I laughed kind of like ha, yeah funny but then I realized I'm like oh wow there might be shame he has in my hair <laughs> right um because I was the only one with this kind of hair <laughs> in the office, you know? So, so it's like, Oh, there might be shame around this uh, and, and embarrassment from, from his end. Right. And, uh, and that was, that was, it hit, it hit in a way that I haven't been hit in a, in a minute. Cause I was like, I can't do anything about that. You know? It, so it sucked. It, it, it sucked a lot to, to have something mentioned where it's something that just grows out of your head, right? And so it was, it was tough, but I didn't, I didn't 
react as far as to say, I think this individual is, is racist. I didn't, my brain didn't go there. So, so I knew there was something about the situation that said, this is teachable. And, and, and I felt, I didn't know how to do it, but I think it was important to recognize the difference mm-hmm. because I, there's definitely the moments where it's like, this isn't teachable. It's just like, it, cut them off. Let's go. But knowing the person, knowing the situation, knowing the current like relationship I had with them, it was something that's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're that you're all the way over there. So let's see, let me kind of check in. Right. And that's when, that's when I uh, called my wife and was like, I think I should address it. And she was like, yeah, you should. And so it was helpful to, to say, Hey, Hey, I felt this way when you'd mentioned this about my hair. And it made me feel as if I'm not professional enough to, to be here. Right. And, and, you know, that I can't do the job that I'm asked to do, et, et cetera. Right. And, and, and then that's when, that's when he was like, Oh, like his, you know, things kind of turned on at that moment it was like, Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. You know? And, and, and he saw that and I was, I was grateful that he did, but it was, it was something to where like, I could, I could see him saying that to somebody else that didn't look like me. I could, I pictured it. So, you know, I didn't go there, but at the same time it was me. And that's all that, that's all that mattered. It was like, it doesn't matter who you might have said it to. It could have been anyone, but the fact that it came to me was, was then a place where I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. This, that's not okay. And if someone else is cool with it, then they're cool with it. But I, you know, you, we don't, we didn't have to have this conversation before. So we're not, I'm not, I can't be cool with that. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, that, that happened, but yeah, it was, it's, it's honestly, it was the thing that, that showed me it's like okay Elijah like there there is a chance of of the in between it doesn't have to be polarizing it doesn't have to be someone who's too far gone and someone that you that that is always right it's it could so people mess up and but that doesn't mean it goes unaddressed mm-hmm. and and that doesn't mean a boundary still isn't set and and I think I think that for me is take like took the longest to try to figure out was that was it, it, it's just important enough to address um and oh. that happens probably more often than than not right so oh um that that sounds <laughs> that last part made me so sad is this important enough to address to mm. elijah and anybody listening out there fuck yes it is like it is so important address it if you feel taken mm-hmm. advantage of or if you take if you feel like you are being dismissed or gaslit, address it. You don't have to be like, oh, that guy's racist. Let's have a whole racist conversation with him. But <laughs> hey, this, the specific statement that you made made me feel this way. Um, yes. And I'm not going to lie, Elijah, when you said uh, the microaggression, oh, I wrote down, ouch, ha ha. I wrote down, ouch, ha ha, because um, if somebody had said that to me, I would be like, ouch. And then I would have did the fake laugh. I would be like, oh, literally what i did right. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what i did i was like <laughs> and i turned oh my god and i was I'm like <laughs> I <saw> it. <laughs> it was bad oh see and i think um a lot of people that look like us we've ha- we've practiced that so often that that's that's just like our ouch oh my gosh i'm gonna laugh it off and then walk away um the important thing about this show mm. and about this space is we're encouraging you to do step three. You can do the ouch and the maybe the fake laugh if you're not ready to do step three on step two, but you need to go back to that person and address the ouch because, or you're just just like Elijah, I'm like, damn, that was what? I need to call my wife and like process it. Go ahead and process it. Fine, call your sister, aunt, wife, brother um husband call whoever you need to call um but eventually you will need to address it or it will just stay that ouch will just stay and the haha cannot cover it up mm. what we did we talk about covering it up yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's funny i had a, actually a conversation with my sister-in-law you know and i had uh talked to her about that situation and she was like you know it's not surprising that happened and and she she studied 
you know, like she, she got a you know degree in ethnic studies and like, she spent a lot of time around this and she was like, you've literally had to spend your life catering to how, how the, the majority class feels. You had to spend your life ensuring that, that you are in a place of success. And that often means code switching. That often means, you know, putting yourself as a place of inferiority um, to be in the conversation or just simply be in the room. You have to like make yourself smaller. So it's, it's not a surprise that the ouch and the ha ha happened and why it was so hard to address because you've spent your life and as, as a black person to try to simply not get in the way. Oh no. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's funny as how it's, it's insidious because like we, you know, it's not like I wake up and I got to get out of the way today. That's not, that's not the thought, but it's, it's in, it's in the conversations we have. It's, it's in uh, our generations and what's happened before us, you know, all of that stuff lends to these thoughts of, wow, they have, they have some, a bit of power over me that I don't always know how to state or address, but I have to cater to their feeling because if I don't, something bad might happen. Right. And it, it's, it's just wild how that's just taught into us mm-hmm. and we don't even know. And it pops up at the weirdest moments, even if we don't like want it or expect it, it, it can still show up in a way we don't, we don't want to show up. <laughs> so it's hard. Yeah. So freaking hard. Um, yeah. And what I want anyone who's listening to take away from that is when you cater to other people's emotions and feelings and try constantly to kind of predict what's going to happen if I stand up or advocate for myself, you are leaving yourself in the dirt. You're, you're lending yourself to just the worst treatment for you because mm-hmm. you're, you're just not using your voice for you. You're using it for everyone else's consumption and comfort. Mm. Oh, gosh. Wow. Um, where's my life going? But <laughs> that is not the topic of today. Um, so since you're still going through this growth journey and you're setting healthy boundaries wherever you possibly can, what are some of the coaching, me- I mean, the coping mechanisms that you're using to get you through this or the affirmations you're telling yourself? That's a great question. Um, I would say, at least affirmation wise, a lot of it is dealing just, and this is more recently than anything. So I'm kind of glad you mentioned it because this is something I've been doing more of lately and making more statements rather than Mm. simply like, it's more like prayer and right. It's, it's, it's saying like grateful, awesome, but then making statements of like power and uncertainty. Right. And, and so affirmation wise is to say, it's like, no, I'm confident. I, I'm the best I've ever been today. Right. And, and these things are ways to, to help, help in the moments where offense has taken place to say, wait a minute, you don't deserve that. Right. And I think that's what the, the statements do. The affirmations do is to say, it gets me to the place of you don't deserve that sooner. And once you can do that, you can start to establish boundaries, knowing that, that, I can't just say whatever I want to like Barack Obama or something. Right. And, and for him to just, Oh yeah, I'll just take that and roll over. He's, he's probably, I'm sure a very confident individual that if I were to say something offhand, he'd be like, let me tell you, you shouldn't do that because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. And, and, and all that. And to me, a lot of that exudes mainly confidence in who you are and what you expect from other people. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to set the boundary. Um, and as far as like coping mechanisms, Honestly, it's, it's, for me, it's the ability to have someone in your corner who, who can at least hear you and then help you put in perspective what happened. Oddly enough, it's, it can be something as simple as I want to know if I read the situation right. And sometimes having someone to talk about the situation and say, you know what, if I was in your shoes, I would have felt that same way gives me, you know, validation and gives me confidence to say, yeah, you're right maybe I should address it. And because oftentimes I'm not the most confident in how I read the situation right away. You know, it's, you know, some people are really good at responding quickly, knowing that there was an offense that taken place and I will respond to your said offense. Very good at it. I am not one of those individuals. They probably like, 
you know, made fun of me up and down. And I thought, ah, they must've been talking to the guy behind me. I went home. I wait, I was the only one there. Right. And, and so <laughs> it's hard for me right away. So it's nice to have the sounding board. I think that's a really good coping mechanism for me to at least get perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, always recognizing I can always come back to it. That is not too far gone. And I think too many times we feel like, well, it happened yesterday. So I probably shouldn't say anything today. I'm like, nah, fam, you know, it, it, it like work through it and then still come back to it because you can always remind them of what happened and they may not even remember what happened, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter if they did the thing, they should be able to say, oh, I'm sorry that occurred. And I now know what to do from here on. Right. It should be that simple of a conversation, regardless of how long ago it happened. You should just recognize that this this occurred. And, you know, you're not coming in guns blazing, but you're coming in and saying, I respect you enough to have this conversation. So let's have it. This happened. And I would like for this not to happen again. They're an awesome individual. They'll just take it in and say, thank you for telling me. And you're right. It won't happen again. And that's it. But, but okay. you know. It can, it can be overworked in our head mm-hmm. to, to where if we don't talk to someone about it, then we're never going to do it. Right. We're going to overthink it and, and t- like over-engineer the conversation and it doesn't have to be. Um, one of the things that my therapist shared with me is I am statements. So I am confident. I am going yes. to talk to this person today. I am scared, but I am going to do this. Um, just saying I am is because if you say, well, maybe this, no, I am going to do this today. I am this person. I am a good employee. I need Mm. these boundaries. So I am continuing to be a good employee. Uh, so I love it. Yeah. And I, that's all, that's all I heard from you. It's like, I am statements. I am confident. I can do this. I can, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I love the soundboard um, for anybody listening out there. Make sure if you have a soundboard of people, maybe a therapist, throw a therapist in there because it's it, super important. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, we need it. This is a section of the show where I open up to the floor and see if anybody on the floor has questions. And then I awkwardly hum for three seconds until somebody asks a question. So let's go. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. okay if we don't have any questions from the floor or if you're preparing to ask a question i'm about to cut you off and ask um elijah some questions in in your stead um what are your go-to phrases for setting boundaries okay go-to phrases for setting boundaries Hmm. let me think about that for a second well one phrase if i'm thinking uh i i think of it more in stages and so that helps me to kind of process this so if into the that i'm about to do this stage i'm about to hey can i have this conversation with you stage um you know, the, the phrase is, Hey, you know, do you have a second or, Hey, there was something that happened yesterday that I would like to address. Um, or, Hey, you know, this, there's something I've been thinking about for a while and I'd like to talk to you about it. I kind of like the last one a little bit the, the most because it puts them in a place of curiosity. Like, what have you been thinking about? Right. Or, or, Oh, wow. Like what happened? Because it might not necessarily be, they might not think it's them right away, but they know you're in some sort of pain, right? So most people want to jump in and kind of help. And so um, so going into it, probably that, but while I'm in it and about to have the conversation, it's, I would say the phrase is really about first stating the exact thing that happened and then saying, this made me feel X. And once I can state, so this happened yesterday and it made me feel this and I can do that in the first like two sentences. It's a little easier to set the boundary because there's not, they're not surprised by anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what you're talking about and they know exactly how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, it's, it's really about making the statement of, and it should be something simple. I think right? like very 
to the point of what it was like the, the moment it happened, not the setup, but like the moment it happened and then say, this made me feel like X, whatever negative emotion you experienced. Um, and then, and then saying, you know, um, I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. Mm. And, you know, you know, I, and because I don't, because to me, I'm sorry if, if this is too far off, but to me, it's not always easy to, to say, uh, to make statements such as, and you're never going to do this again. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, like, do it again, try me. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I can't, I, I can't do it. And I don't fault anyone who does do it that way. Cause like to them, it's like, that's, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Cool. You know, I'm never going to fault you for that, but I know I'm not the person who does it. So I'm still trying to speak in a way that's still accommodating and like every time. And so I have to be able to tiptoe that line of where I'm like too accommodating to say like, well, you know, I'm caring too much about what they're going to think about my statement and being myself and being authentic. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it has to end in some sort of, I, I hope you can see where I'm coming from you know, or, you know, something, something in that way to give them the option to say, yes, I do. Or maybe you ask a question. Uh, I use that a lot as a coach. I'll just ask the question, hoping they give me the answer I want, but I'll state it in a way that says, you know, um, do you see, do you see where, do you see where that could have been an issue for me? Mm, you see where they, and that's a good one. Do you, I yeah. that a lot. Do you see where that could have been an issue? But right. and I applaud you for your um, strategy because direct and assertive is so needed. You don't have to be like yesterday when I was walking to the break room, you walked past me, then we walked past, <laughs> right. back to the break room, and we almost had the cupcake. But yet, no, just <laughs> yesterday when you said or did this, it made me feel this. And moving forward, I don't want you to do that anymore. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's easier when it's short like that, because usually they get into, oh, I didn't mean, to, oh, I didn't know. Like, oh, uh, you know, there, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a story behind the reason it happened, mm-hmm. but it, technically it's irrelevant, the story behind the reason <laughs> it happened, because you made me feel that way. So I, I don't really care if you had a bad day, you know, that doesn't give you a reason to be rude to me or right. have my, or be aggressive or have microaggress, whatever have you, right? There's no reason for it. Um, but, you know, stating it simply, and, and, and getting it out there, I think is the, I think it's the hardest part for me. It's just simply telling them I experienced this. And then the conversation is a little easier to flow because they want to resolve it because they don't want to be that person. Right. Right. So, so it's a little easier on your end. You're like, yeah. So tell me about that. You know, <laughs> you know a little more confidence, but, but yeah. <laughs> and to everyone out there who's um, kind of worried or kind of in the same shoes as Elijah, like, okay, well, I still want them to be okay with what's going on. Just know uh, there are so, I, I hate this term, so maybe I'll use it. There are so many ways to butter a biscuit. Like <laughs> your, um, your <laughs> boundaries do need to be set and they need to be assertive and direct, but you can add whatever flair, your personal flair, your personal haiku, whatever you do to yep. it. Just make sure that your message is getting across to that person. Hey, don't do that again. We are not cool like that, that we're on level two, not level 600. So just- Right. Yeah. Just has to be clear, right? That's that's the biggest part of a boundary. It just has to be established. Mm. Like like any wall, like you're going to know if it's there, but- you know, if someone makes a weak wall or it's very small, you're not going to know, right? Like you're going to like, is this a boundary or not? I don't know. Should I go through it? But if you have an established boundary, then it should be, you know, very clear and saying like, Hey, here it is. I hope you can see it. You know, (laughs) I can say hi to you over there. You can be in here, whatever you want to do, but it's here. So you're going to have to do something, right? (laughs) (laughs) Weak walls makes me want to cry because I'm like, damn girl, remember when we had weak walls? (laughs) (laughs) but um this once again for anybody listening out there this growth journey is visible like it's not something that like you won't be able to see results for kind of like my yeah like weight loss plans or whatever you like you'll be able to see results within two to five days that's that's not a really good estimate but like you will be able to see results and you'll start realizing that the people in your lives um they may know about boundaries or they may not, but you finna teach them. They're finna yep. learn today. So yep. 
Either way, yeah. <laughs> Elijah, you have been an amazing special guest. Do you have any small tokens of, or big tokens of wisdom to share with the audience before we wrap it up today? Well, um, one, I just had a wonderful time. This is this is so much fun. I I love these kind of conversations. And so thank you for providing the space for not only me and all these other people um, to enjoy. So thank you. Um, as far as wisdom, you know, I can't say I'm the resident expert in boundaries. I, I can't say I'm the best at it. I can't say that, you know, I know what to do every time, but I have learned for each boundary I set, the next one's a little easier. You know, it's a little easier to address. And for two, you always deserve it. So never assume there's a boundary that you don't deserve to have. Every boundary is a justified boundary. It is a deserved boundary. You don't have to let people be where they don't need to be. We are humans. We have been given the rights of our own bodies, minds, thoughts, all of that protect it right it's 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 ours is a gift to us and we choose to share the gift and if people want to encroach on that then they don't get a part of the gift anymore it just is what it is you know so you know i just hope that anyone listening understands that that the boundaries that we have are not only something that benefits us it benefits the people that we set them for because now they aren't put in a position to, to offend us. They aren't put in a position to hurt us. And especially if they don't want to do it, you know, give them the boundary because sometimes people need it and they need to understand that you don't want to hurt me anymore. Right. So here's the boundary. Simple as that. Oh, um, I just want to emphasize what Elijah said. You deserve these boundaries. I know that sometimes it feels like well, we're being really selfish right now. Like we're not letting this person have all of me or whatever. You deserve to have you. You deserve to have whatever parts of you given to whoever deserves it. And you just deserve all of that. That makes me mm. want to cry, but it makes me so happy that people are hearing that you deserve mm. it. Oh my gosh. Um, you have been an amazing special guest today. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking about emotional intelligence and how it works with setting boundaries and how freaking difficult this journey is. Like it's really sure. freaking hard, yeah. um, but we're all going through it together. And if you need help, anyone who's listening out there, please reach out to Elijah. He's a rock star at emotional intelligence. It can definitely help you in strategizing your next boundaries for your boss, your leadership team, or anybody on there. So please reach out to him. Um, this has been an amazing episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. And I do this because I like crying on screen, I guess, but also because of the amazing people that I get to meet and their knowledge just touches so many other people out there. Um, thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.